everyone. This is Chris Lidley, the host of the RX for Biotech podcast. In this podcast, we perform a deep dive into the biotech ecosystem and provide disruptive insights to our listeners to prescribe new ways of working for the industry to meet the needs of healthcare providers and patients. I've got an exciting episode today, something that we're not hearing a lot about in the media, but you may all recall that back in mid-August, President Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law. It's one of the most significant pieces of healthcare reform since the Affordable Care Act and the Wax-Hatchman Act before that. And while most of the media coverage is really focused on other elements of the IRA, there's been little coverage of the impact of the policy on R&D investment and future innovation. One thing is very clear, though, our team's really broken down the law and tried to think ahead of what that would look like for the industry. And the Inflation Reduction Act will impact every biopharma company. And in this podcast episode, I'm going to outline how it's going to impact R&D portfolio decision-making and new product development strategies. There are really two main policy impacts of the Inflation Reduction Act. The first is related to pricing and reimbursement. That may be the one area that you have heard about um, in, in, through the media. But the second one has a more immediate impact on new product drug development. The policy actually shortens the period of market exclusivity for both small molecules and complex biologics. And I will break each of these down separately. So let's look at pricing and reimbursement impact first. Section 11001 of the law contains several provisions related to Medicare that will directly impact drug pricing. So the legislation aims to lower drug prices through direct price negotiations for certain high-priced single-source drugs. So it establishes this drug price negotiation program that will really be administered by CMS, to, and they'll be empowered to negotiate prices of selected drugs with high budget impact in both Medicare Part B and Part D. So let me stop there for a minute. Let me ask you all a trivia question. I want you to write this down. Write down the top 10 Part B drugs, and then also write down the list of the top Medicare Part D drugs. And I'm going to come back to this in a few minutes and disclose what those drugs were in 2020. And these are going to be the drugs that are going to be impacted first in the, you know, to in the uh, in this new policy. Because what it does is the first the policy in 2026 begins negotiations uh, for 10 Part D and Part B drugs, and it expands outward to, from there to 15 Part D and Part B drugs in 2027, and then up to 20 eligible Part D and Part B drugs for 2029 and subsequent years. And what it does is it establishes a price ceiling for different categories of drugs based on the period of exclusivity they've had on the market. And it's based on the non-federal average manufacturer price, or AMP. So for drugs that have been on the market between 9 and 12 years, those price ceilings are 75%, set to 75% per statute. And they go down to 65% for drugs on the market between 12 and 16 years, and 40% for more than 16 years. So what does all this mean? Well, the bottom line is that the law allows CMS to negotiate prescription drug prices on a small number of drugs starting in 2026, but will expand the number of drugs impacted from there 
impacting more and more drugs over time. It's important to note that while the law establishes a price ceiling for drugs, it does not set a floor price. Let me say that again. The law mandates certain price ceilings for drugs, but understand that there's a possibility that this can be a quick negotiation to the bottom, which may mean there may be much steeper discounts during negotiations. So this is something to be uh, aware of during implementation and how the actual negotiations will actually occur. So let's let's take a step back and look at our trivia question and get to the answers here on the top 10 Part B and Part D drugs. Let's start with Part D. All right. The top 10 Part D drugs in 2020 were Eliquis, Xarelto, Genuvia, Trulicity, Revlimid, Imbruvica, Lantus, Jardians, Ibrance, and Symbicort. And if we look on the Part B side, the top 10 drugs were Keytruda, Ilea, Prolia, Opdivo, Rituxan, Lucentis, Orencia, Nulasta, Avastin, and Remicade. And this data is easily accessible on the cms.gov website if you want to go and do your own fact-checking. Those will, are likely to be the drugs that are going to be subject to uh, the price negotiations first beginning in 2026. But now let's pivot and take a look at the policy's second major impact. And this is possibly the one part of the law that will impact new drug developers the most. Small molecules and biologics are also, per the statute, going to be subject to a shorter period of market exclusivity. So small molecules will now be subject to negotiated drug prices beginning nine years after approval. And biologics will now be subject to negotiated drug prices beginning 13 years after approval. So for complex biologics, they'll have a few additional years. They'll have four years of additional exclusivity on the market. Now, we, we know that companies in the past have filed multiple patents and deploy additional franchise extension strategies, such as the use of use patents or process patents, that have really extended that time to loss of exclusivity in the past. So what we've, what we've seen is that in our own analysis, that means that for many products, exclusivity periods are going to shorten significantly. Our estimates is that for a small molecule product with, let's say, a projection of $500 million in peak sales, a six-year difference in the life cycle could erode nearly 50% of NPV or net present value and up to a third of cumulative revenue over the life cycle. So you can see how this can impact decisions that developers will make on asset development strategies. So in the short term, these provisions are going to impact revenue for just a few pharma companies, right? Those that have high exposure to Medicare, spend in their portfolio. But in the long term, the law's economic impact will be felt throughout the industry because every company is going to need to reevaluate their indication sequencing strategies and compound strategies due to the shorter period of time to recoup their investments due to shorter market exclusivity. The law effectively compresses and shortens the product life cycle could be on average by over five years. So for those of you working in early clinical development or new product development, you will need 
you will all need to reassess your compound development strategies and forecasts. Some therapeutic areas will be impacted more than others. So an area that I know very well is oncology and the, the, the drug development paradigm there is that drug development and life cycle management strategies typically involve seeking first approvals in salvage settings. And then over time, through additional investment in clinical development, moving into earlier treatment settings, into second line and first line, and even expanding outward into other tumor types. So this is a good example of the type of decision-making that will have to occur in reframing and rethinking development strategies. As an example, if, if one wanted to pursue an adjuvant indication, those studies can take five and more years, seven years, 10 years even in some indications. So those companies will have to reconsider whether that, those studies will be worth the investment because of the shorter periods of market exclusivity. Just to just to put an example of what how that decision is going to need to be approached going forward. There's a lot to think about here. And there's a lot of immediate steps that really everyone who's developing new products needs to consider. And there are several ways pharma companies should respond and retrench to the inflation reduction impact that I've outlined here today. So we've prepared a checklist of five immediate actions you should be taking now. And I'd like to offer to all of my listeners, reach out to me directly at chris at bblsconsulting.com to request a copy of the checklist. 